What's happening, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Endless Celts podcast. Uh, I'm your, I'll be your host again today, uh, John. Uh, Stephen's still not ready to, to come back to us yet, so uh, hopefully he'll be with us uh, for Thursday's episode. Uh, but today I'm joined by uh, other show regulars, Anthony Dunn and Francis Carty. How are you doing, boys? Oh, all right, mate. Good good to talk to you. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I've uh, been enjoying my annual leave, so good to be back on. That's right, Anthony. I'm sure you have a lot to say as well. What about yourself, Frank? Are you all right, mate? <laughs> I am. I'm good. I'm good. I feel like I've been on this a lot now because of folks' holidays. So. You're, n- you're never half it. So. <laughs> I know. You're never half it. When's the paycheck coming in? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, well, if you find out, tell me. Uh, <laughs> bye, obviously, uh, let's just kick things off and just dump, jump heat first into the deep end. Uh, as we all know, Saturday was the start of the SPFL season. Uh, we were away at Hearts. A game, I think, we were all confident we'd probably come away with three points. Uh, for the statisticians out there, that's the first uh, time we've actually lost an opening uh, game since 1997. Uh, so it just shows you uh, that how far we've fallen, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Although in saying that, and I, I will stress this, uh, uh, that game in 1997 versus Hibs was also the debut game of a certain Henrik Larsson. And we all know what happened that season. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not stressing at this point uh, about, about the season ahead. But just coming to yourself first, Anthony, um, since it's been a while that you, since you've been on talking to us, and you're probably choking to get a few words in, so I'll come to you first, mate. Um, just looking back to the game against Saturday, what, I'm assuming you obviously watched the game. What, what, what's your overall thoughts? I, I did, John. I did see the game. Yeah, um, like you say, a new season, but sadly, it seems to be for the moment anyway. Part pretty much the same old story. Um, I thought. Again, you can't really argue with too much with what um, the manager said at the at the end of the match. I, th- I thought in spells we looked decent um, without any end product um, at the end. Um, and of course, we might come on to it, but it was, and I'm sure it won't be the first time we say it this season, an absolutely shambolic uh, refereeing performance. Um, but that it, taking all that into consideration, um, we should we had enough on that park on Saturday night to get a result against a team that's just came up for the first division. Um, but we had no end product up top and individual errors once again uh, proved very costly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what you, one of the key things you mentioned there was the end product. And I think that's what hurt us in the majority of last season as well. Um, you got a forward line talent like Edward in your team uh, and he just doesn't look interested. He's just no... He's just not playing the game for whatever reason. Um, he, he's just no firing. Um, and that's obviously hurting us because we need that clinical sort of finishing in the final third. And it just seems like at the minute we've no got that. But obviously, moving forward, things in that may change. I think we've seen elements of that game as well uh, with this, the style and just sort of looking for that that sort of pre- high press, uh, maintaining possession. And for large portions of the game, we did control it. Uh, I thought possession-wise... We were in control. Uh, we kept them deep in the rain half. I think something we're going to need to get used to this season is 11 men behind the ball um, and try to break that down, which is going to be the biggest issue uh, that we face. Um, and, and that's something, obviously, Andrew's going to need to overcome because I can't see many teams um, sort of competing with us and pressing us the way we did, catching us on the break 
absolutely, and that's something we need to be wary of. But uh, for me, uh, it is a game we should have won comfortably, and if we had a clinical finisher up front, I think that's something that we would have done. But what about yourself, Francis? You watch the game as well. Um, what's your thoughts on Saturday's performance, and where do you think that leaves us? Uh, it was pretty much deja vu last season. Like I tell you, quick we note down, we had like seventy four percent possession, nineteen shots, seven on target. But apart from the goal, I can't really remember. Well, and obviously Craig Gordon makes two great saves at the end, but I can't really remember ones where it was really Gordon had to pull off all these. Obviously, apart from the the one for James Forrest and uh, then Starfelt. But yeah, it was like Anthony said, we we did dominate in spells without really doing anything in the final third. A lot of that could be blamed on Edward where he just he's not making the same runs, nothing's sticking to him and stuff. So it's that that doesn't help the cutting edge. I thought Starfelt was a bit he you've got he's got to be blamed for the first goal. Uh and then the defending for the second goal. There's three guys ahead of the ball. They're marking nobody. I don't understand that was I don't know if that's down to the coaching. So maybe the manager post the coggle and the coaching's got to maybe take a wee bit of flack there, but that seems more mm-hmm. like it could lie at, uh, like somebody like Strachan or Kennedy or somebody in the coaching staff because they were the kind of goals we were conceding last season, so maybe that isn't Angie's fault, oh, but in the same, same sense, he's the manager, so he's got to take some of the flack for it. He's got to be questioned why he put beat on again at centre-half because by all accounts, he let us down the last time he played there, so I, I never understood that decision, but he'll not it's it's not something I'll totally worry about. It was not a great start. It was not ideal because obviously we know we want to get want to get off to a flyer as best you can. Any any campaign, but obviously with the new manager, the the new regime, if you like, in that. But uh, it wasn't good. But I mean, Ralston's goal was was brilliant. Maybe we should try him up front because that was a it was an absolute crack, and we won two and a wee drop of the shoulder to create the space and score a goal. So it was yeah, it was a really good finish by him. But all in all, it was just. Almost a carbon copy of plenty of games last season. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, but yeah, I would just while we're on the subject, we shout out to Ralston because <laughs> I don't think any of us had thought they had that in his arsenal. That was, like you say, it was, uh, he, t- he took his men well, he, he played the ball, he threw it into the box, he struck it well. Uh, by all accounts, he, 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 he took it and hit it like a, a striker would naturally. So, mm. um, for for a right back who gets a lot of pelters, uh, even on here, mm-hmm. um, fair play to him. Um, but no, I mean one of the things I want to touch touch on that you mentioned there that I also think is va- perfectly valid and another great point um, is the goal that we conceded for their free kick. Something that we've seen happen regularly last season, conceding goals for set pieces. Um, and it was the same old story. Uh, we just couldn't defend uh, in the box. Um, we, we, guys were only jumping for balls. There were gaining guys too much space. And for whatever the reason, that still happened that game. Now, it could be a case of you know, old habits die hard and that's still something they need to get drilled out of them. But like you mentioned, that has to fall on somebody. Somebody's obviously... The, we need. This is something that we need to be practising and training as well. Uh, I know the focus is on obviously the high press and the attacking football, the, the, the sort of movement and the, the passing. But we need to focus on defending set pieces because it's clearly something that, we're, that we've still no got to grips with. Uh, and it's something that's cost us oil last season uh, and cost us again uh, on Saturday night. Um, Anthony, what, did you see, um, just quickly as well, um, 
the Beaton starting, like Francis mentioned there, Beaton starting the the first goal. Obviously, Starfelt got turned uh, early uh, and managed to brought their guy into the box, uh, but he managed to catch up. Uh, he made it what was by all accounts a pretty brave attempt at challenging uh, when he, he kind of lunged his foot round the the guy, knocked it in front of Beaton, who just kind of toe poked it uh, out to Mackay Stephen, um, and ultimately set him up for that first goal. Um, did you see anything uh, in that first goal or the second goal where, where you think that it's something that could easily be weeded out or, or was that just... What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it just seems to be... I don't know if it's a mental thing at the moment, John, but every time we that the, the attacking team or the opponent gets into our area, it just seems complete and utter panic stations. Um, the minute Starfelt got turned, you were waiting on the ball going in the net. That that's the way it's sort of been feeling recently. It's any time, even when going back to the game at Ibrox uh, last season, um, the final league game. Even although we went up the park and equalised, you you kind of had that feeling that within a few minutes it was going to be back to the you know we'd be conceding again. It's just you've got no confidence in that back line at all. Um, as I say, like you say, Starfield, it 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 didn't start the game overly well. It, you know it's. It's his first game. Yeah, he's playing alongside a guy who's not a centre half. Just end the story, um, and got turned very easily for it. But like you say, there was several opportunities after that to clear the ball um, and clear the lines, and and we and we failed to do so. Um, like you say, and for the second goal as well, it's just again the the, the same problems happening time and time again. A defence that is just not properly set up. It's it's. Amateur hour stuff, man. It's stuff that you do um, at school, learning how to properly defend a set piece. Um, but again, also as well, um, my favourite subject, but we have to keep coming back to it again. Um, we've now played three games in this uh, competitively since the start of this season. Um, and both goalkeepers have played massive parts in both of those. Well, obviously it's a, a two-legged affair, the European tie, but they have played massive parts in us, you know, failing to win both games. Um, Barkas mm-hmm. has cost us in Europe, and mm-hmm. on Saturday night Scott Bain, I don't know, if it, Scott Bain was nearly like Murrayfield, that's how out of position <laughs> he was and uh, I, I don't know what he was doing, and then 90 seconds later, you've seen the difference of having a proper goalkeeper between the sticks, that's what a goalkeeper should be doing, pulling off saves that he's not really entitled to make at big moments in the game that could have saved us a point and you know we're maybe having a slightly different chat tonight but it is now reaching it's not even a crisis anymore it's an absolute emergency we we, we, we have to stop this charade these the, the, the longer these guys are in goals any one of the two we will fall further and further behind and I reckon you could potentially even say goodbye to the Europa League as well it's that critical I, I accept they're not solely to blame the defence, I've got a lot of questions they need to answer as well, but we simply cannot go forward yeah. with any of these two guys in goals. If Joe Hart, if if this seems to be the rumour that is doing the rounds, then then fair play. I appreciate that Joe Hart's not exactly, you know, set the world alight the last couple of years, but I'm, I would honestly take anyone at this point because these <laughs> guys will not do. They won't Bye. do. I mean, you're absolutely right, and I think that the 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 goalkeeping issue is something we're all seriously concerned about as fans, because um, like you say, it's not, none of the none of Bacas nor Bain, 
um, are, are, are the guys to take us forward. They just, they just aren't they? I have absolutely no faith or confidence in either of them. But just touching on the, I mean, the Joe Hart thing seems to be sort of picking up a little bit more pace again. Um, and I know that there's people kind of sitting, they're kind of on the fence or they're, they're just dead against it. But like you mentioned there, he's no set the world, he's no set any sort of leagues of light lately with his performances and stuff like that. But let's look back. Foster, um, when we brought him in, wasn't he playing either? We didn't know anything about him. Turned out to be a fantastic signing for us. Craig Gordon, by all accounts, you thought was at the latter end of his career, wasn't he lighting up anywhere? Um, came in and had a fantastic uh, sort of revitalised his career at Celtic, so to speak. So, I mean, the, the, for me, Joe Hart's far too experienced and far too good a goalkeeper. We know historically what he's capable of um, for, for it to be sort of shoved to the side or ignored. And I think that can, having that kind of experience uh, would give the, the guys in front of them confidence as well, uh, which I think that they're completely lacking because neither, I don't think the likes of Bain or Barkas has any faith in the guys in front of him uh, and they don't have faith in the goalkeeper and that, that just for me is just a recipe for disaster as far no, as I'm no, concerned. No. Uh, Franny, just what, what's your thoughts on the goalkeeping situation then? And let's just touch on the Joe Hart thing for a minute, right? Uh, just taking into account like what Anthony said there uh, about the, the situation with our goalkeepers and again, Joe Hart hasn't he been lighting up any, anywhere recently and people think he's done these over the hill but like I said we thought that about Craig Gordon um, a career plagued with injuries latter end of his career and we're, we're seeing him now even in the game on Saturday he's still capable of pulling out the big saves so where, where do you stand on the goalkeeping situation and the, the whole Joe Hart rumour? I mean I know along with Stephen I've been an advocate of Barkas but obviously in recent podcasts I have said my, my stop's coming soon and I remember a comment I made early doors in this podcast. It was we had three number threes, and I, I still ever more. It's it seems more relevant that we have got three number threes. It's, I've, I, I'm like a, Anthony, but I'm probably more in favour of Joe Hart. Maybe Anthony, I may, I may be reading Anthony wrong, but Joe Hart's got seventy odd caps for England. I appreciate not none of them have been for a, a wee while, but. The guy's still only 34, which is a decent... It's it's not old for a goalkeeper. He's, he was very successful at Manchester City. He's well thought of at Manchester City. Obviously, Pep Guardiola wants to play a certain way. It's, keepers are a wee bit different for players where you can maybe coach it. You can't really coach a keeper to start playing with his feet and that and pinging 30, 40 yard passes like over the top to sort of split a defence, if you like. So it just wasn't Joe Hart's game. But it doesn't make him a bad goalkeeper and they like as much as I understand Postacoglu wants to play a certain way and Joe Hart maybe isn't the keeper to do that. I'm with Anthony and Ross and yourself and that. I just want the keeper to stop the goals, the uh, ball going in the net. Anything that you can do after that uh, is a bonus exactly. is a bonus for me. Um I mean that's ultimately that's his primary job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I totally like I would I would take Joe Hart in a heartbeat if that's a possibility. Like he done okay at Torino, never done brilliant, done okay, never really worked out from at Burnley. Can't remember if he went elsewhere, but then they like I know he was never going to be number one at Spurs, but there's a reason John, Jose Mourinho wanted him at Spurs. Jose Mourinho doesn't sign you when you're a bad player. You maybe not got to feature a lot, but he obviously trusts. He wants you in for a reason, so it it can't be all that bad if Jose Mourinho wanted him last season. Then just to touch on your Craig Gordon one as well, it's like Craig Gordon was. The media had him retired. He had they played for about eighteen months, I think, when he came exactly. to Celtic, and then he was he was all but retired. He was on Sportsing every week, so 
It just shows saying. I mean, it, it, exactly. He, he, for, for, by all accounts, he was. He was done. He was finished. He, he had injuries. With, he had problems with his legs. Uh, injuries he's played his career. Uh, all this potential, and he didn't. Ultimately, didn't really live up to it. Um, and then he came back to Celtic, and it was phenomenal for us. And we're asking, why did we ever let him go? And then you seen the kind of the saves he was making on Saturday. It, it, when when needed, he was there, and he, he shows he still got it. So uh, that's why I think that the, the, the argument against Hart kind of being over the hill or past his best uh, doesn't doesn't count here. Because nah, yeah, of... I, I must admit, I, just to, sorry, John, it was oh, just yeah. to say I, I'm totally with you guys on this. I, I I personally would have Joe Hart in an absolute heartbeat. I was just merely sort of talking that's putting forward what some of the other you might hear uh-huh. in the, the stands no, where yeah, other I mean, supporters that uh-huh. don't want one. But the points you make there about you know, at City, when Pep Guardiola came in, it's actually very similar to, funnily enough, Craig Gordon himself when Brendan came in. It was the same summer. You know, Brendan was very headstrong and he wanted his his keeper to pass the ball out and and this, that and the other. Realised that that wasn't Craig Gordon's main strength. Quickly brought in Doris de Vries, thinking that was the answer to the problems, and then realised that Doris de Vries couldn't do a goalkeeper's primary job, which was keeping the ball (laughs) out of the net. So, you know, very quickly says, well, you know, we can we can teach Craig Gordon how to pass a ball, but he doesn't need coaching on how to more often than not keep the ball out the net. It maybe wasn't quite the the grade of a, a Fraser Foster or an Arthur Boric, but I would say at least domestically, uh, oh. I can't really remember too many, even in the derbies, I can't really recall the big man really mm. having that, making that. I, I remember there was a day at St Johnston. Um, we ended up drawing the game. It was just the start of Brendan's second season. He made a, a mistake. They tried to kick the ball out and he fluffed his lines and St. Johnson scored from it. But apart from that, I can't really remember too many really bad ones. Um, I think he had a, wee, I, again, a wee spell, but it was over like sort of four weeks because I can remember two occasions. One in Europe, we just came rushing out and wiped the boy out. But it was well, just... In I Europe, he definitely, had, <laughs> he definitely had a few clangers in Europe. And that's maybe where I, I used to always sort of say, ah, he's... he's He's no quite the the top notch, um, uh. but t- certainly domestically, Franco. He's he's. Uh, I would cover him. I, I, it's I couldn't believe that there was not some sort of arrangement signed up one way or another that because you can understand him. You, you still got the ability to to play at the I, top level. Um, why we didn't have either Forster set in stone or Gordon being told that he wasn't going anywhere. And like we said on Saturday night, that decisions uh, came back to haunt us. Yep. Absolutely, and I, I think that this is something that Celtic have been very good at as of late, and this is letting folk go. Uh, Craig Gordon, Johnny Hayes, um, I've just drew a blank, but <laughs> I know that there's others, there's other guys, uh, season campaigners who have just kind of let go that could, could have been, aye, especially last goalkeeper. season. Aye. Maybe just played 15 games, obviously different for a goalkeeper, maybe played 15 games a season. The type of players that you need, but you know you're getting a seven out of ten out of them. Exactly. Um, but again, we're, we're quite happy to let these guys go, bringing bringing in the new and experienced guys, and it just no working. And that that's kind of poor man management to me. Um, I just they're obviously I don't well I don't know what the reasoning is behind it, but for whatever reason, that's the kind of decisions that the Celtic the Celtic board etc are making. Um, so. I, I mean, obviously, we've touched on um, some certain areas of the game, but Anthony, earlier you made a, a fantastic point about the the poor refereeing, and this is something that 
we, I think, as fans would all agree, was quite rife last year as well. Um, and it's not something I particularly like getting into. Uh, but, I mean, by all accounts, the, 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 the couple of decisions last night were, were, were pretty terrible. Uh, Celtics uh, scoring a goal that they, they, they said was offside at Wisney. Um, and a potential issue with Halliday uh, calls for a red card. Uh, what, what what was your your thoughts on them? Because th- these kind of incidents and these flashpoints can turn games on their head. Uh, and again, it's decisions that have went against us, despite the fact that, by all accounts, they 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 probably shouldn't have. Well, I would. If Andy Halliday is not brought up in front of the presiding officer, then the presiding officer and the panel aren't doing their job, uh, quite frankly. And but if justice is done retrospectively, John, that'll be the fifth time in the last few seasons that Bobby Madden has failed to do his job properly with regards to protecting players on the park and then them have to get subsequently punished after that. That's simply not good enough. Um, and the ref, the, the assistant lines, I mean, if, if the excuse is that your, your left hand or your arm is um, interfering with play, then the offside rule is even worse than, than even I thought it was. Um, I'm, not an advoca- I'm not an advocate of our by any stretch of the imagination, it ruins the game for me down south. But when the standard of refereeing up here is so bad, and you, I'm, I'm, we're not going to go down the, the David Ick uh, theories mm-hmm. of it, but it's just awful. It is, I think we can all agree, regardless of why it's happening, it is absolutely awful. I mean, that, that, that refereeing, that insistent linesman, how he can pick that as offside, you, because I thought the rule was that you've got to you do have to sort of favour the attacking player. And there is no way that he could, with confidence, say that Taylor's offside, as far as I'm concerned. But for me, the Andy Halliday one, if Callum McGregor isn't going full pelt, Callum McGregor's out for the season. It was it was all, it was was all an assault. There's no other way to describe it. And it was the, for me, it was the actions of a supporter of another club, shall we say, playing football for a different club. And... Well, it's not a secret. You know, try, trying to trying trying to curry flavour um, with mm-hmm. season ticket friends um, elsewhere. I thought it was I, I was absolutely fuming when I seen it, and the fact that it happened right in front of Bobby Madden and Callum McGregor's not the type of character to react a lot of the time. You seen how even he reacted. Um, he was absolutely furious. But like like I say, I you know hell will freeze over before Scotland has got competent referees um i believe um but yeah it's um bad refereeing decisions cost cost you games uh, they change the course of seasons um like i say it wasn't the only reason why we dropped points on saturday but it certainly played a big part well i mean obviously it did uh you take the holiday incident and they're doing a 10 men they for withstand. the best part of 40 minutes as well aye they withstand the pressure uh you get that goal uh and then you're up 2-1 aye um and then then what happens? Does it you force them out and make mere mistakes to try and pull something level? I mean, th- like you said, it changes the course of games, uh, and ultimately we can't say we should have had done enough. I mean, we're not going to sit and make excuses. We should have had enough in the tank and should have done yeah. enough to put that game away, regardless. Um, but you're right, and I mean, like I say, we know Halliday is. I'm I'm not going to say the words, but we know you know what I'm talking about. We know, yeah. and I mean. The same could be said for Madden. I mean, it's no secret. He 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 is a, a certain persuasion as well. 
he's a loyal member of another group. And it, the fact that the the SFA can continue to let referees like this, um, who have well-known allegiances to other clubs, and by the way, I'm not just saying it's allegiances to them at the other side of the city. I'm talking about any club in Scotland. If you've got an allegiance to any club, you should not be refereeing a top-flight game for a rival or the the club that you... I don't think you can go down that line. Listen, you have to, though, because you at any point, right, and like I say, the ref, the standard of refereeing in Scotland is absolutely ridiculous. They're shocking. But there's an easy way around about it. See if you want them to referee, send them out to Scotland. Let them go and referee games elsewhere or put them to the level they actually suit and let them do junior league because the, the only way to get around it and to stop all the bias. And you can argue my point. I mean, I'm welcome. You're welcome to say it, Franny, but we need to, something needs to be done about it because it, it, you can only shout... Uh, coincidence so many times and as far as I'm concerned the only way to fix it is to bring European refs in for countries where there's absolutely no bias uh, or even bring in VAR which we don't want to see either because it's a disgrace but just touching on the the, 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 the flashpoints and the, the obviously the, the potential changes Francis, have you anything to say about them? The, the offside and the, the, the oh. Harley incident? The offside's offside and Andy Halliday runs a red card. It's, it's as simple as that. Bobby Madden's metres, it's like about three metres away from the, the Andy Halliday one. I don't know, I, I can't make any excuses for the linesman either to say, obviously, Taylor's on the opposite end of the park for him, but how he can see through all the bodies to see that Taylor's, well, not offside, but and suggest that he's offside, I don't, I don't know. How he can see Taylor but can't see the Hearts guy behind him. That's that one's baffling for me, but I think you're going down down a slippery slope if you're not want if you're wanting referees to uh, sort of uh, say what team they support and say, oh, well, you can't manage it. I mean, by all accounts, uh, I'm in agreement. The refereeing standard in Scotland is shocking, but if this is the best that Scotland's got to offer, then you'd want them to then say, I support this team, I support that team, and they can they can uh, uh, referee against them. Then who are we getting? We're getting worse referees then. That's what I'm just, saying. That, that, that you need to bring in guys for Europe. But then you can you afford guys for Europe? Like I don't know. Is Scottish referees professional? We've got a lot of professional referees, so you can't just say bring guys in for you. It costs money. That's what I'm saying. Guys. Send them back to the junior leagues with the, the but, standards. But then it costs money. We're not we're not blessed with money. And you can't they just keep bringing. Uh, I, I get where you're going. You're, you're, you're just done. you're questioning a referee's integrity. Be saying, absolutely. I just ah. Uh, um, a wee bit old, a wee bit old school, and Kenny, Kenny trusted. I, I agree that the refereeing standard is poor, but I don't believe they subconsciously make decisions on the team they support. Because if you, if also going out that if say Bobby, like say just any referees are Celtic, but like it's just kind of you can't just say well you can't referee a Celtic game because another game could dictate how Celtic season comes out. You, you see, just, see, you what can't go down that road. You can't, you simply say, can't go down that road. Just to just to come back at you at that right. See across any other workplace within the UK, there's there's very stringent regulations in place, and conflict of interest is something mm-hmm. that is frowned upon, right? Now, like I said, it's there's referees that play that the the referee at top flight games in this country whose allegiances are well known. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that they are going into every game, uh, with the intent the intention of swinging things in f- favour or otherwise. Against against anybody else, but it's still a conflict of interest, 
And the, the fact, fact that, that, that that's that's you then the fact that that's it's even that, that every ref, your question every referee in professional football then. Uh, well, to an extent. No, no. If you want referees to declare the football team the support and no referee a game against that, it's, it's for me that's ludicrous. It's absolutely. Ludicrous. I, I also I don't I don't want VAR coming into it, but because VAR, as we agree, ruined English game, and I think the refereeing standard down there was was brilliant. I think the the percentage of correct decisions was about ninety seven point something percent. So. To bring in VAR for a couple percent is ridiculous for me, but we all know that's money driven. So maybe that I mean there's thirty million pounds riding on this season, so there maybe is a case for it, but I just I, I would like VAR to stay as far away from him as possible, if I'm honest with you. But I just uh, I I I can't see how where your argument stands up with teams with folks in what team they support. And refereeing on that basis. Listen, I just to reiterate, Franny, because I think you've picked up what I've said, Ryan. I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that these guys who have allegiances to other teams are using the allegiances and the 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 they're making decisions and they're doing things against certain clubs or in favour of other clubs uh, in order to swing a result. Because that the fact that if that was even remotely. I think that they would be doing then we'd all be like I'm not saying that right I get what you're saying but there is a conflict of interest and it needs that particular thing for me you can't just let that slide because mm. whether you like it or no that we unlike other countries uh, in Britain and this is the last I'm going to say on it because I don't want to dwell on it but unlike other countries in Britain Scotland is a goldfish bowl as we all know there's two big clubs that hate each other the fans are bitter. They hate each other. Majority, no, no, everybody. I'm not telling everybody with the same brush. But that's the sort of general consensus, right? Same in the Edinburgh side. Two clubs that hate each other. And by all accounts, there's other teams and they all hate the big clubs and etc. etc. It's a completely different situation up here than it is in the likes of England uh, and maybe other countries everywhere else. We're, we're such a small country. It's such a confined area. It's such a and there's an awful lot of scrutiny and this is why I'm saying if there's any doubt that there's like there's a conflict of interest and that shouldn't be allowed to let slide so certain guys who have got known allegiances to teams shouldn't be allowed to referee games for those teams let them do teams other games or whatever but they need to bring in as far as I'm concerned they need to start bringing in referees for elsewhere even England Wales whatever the case may be but just we can't allow it to continue, as far as I'm concerned. No, as I say, I'm no, I know I dwell on it too much because it's went on. A, I simply made a proposition that it's went on for far too long. <laughs> uh, so I apologise for that. But move, moving on, <laughs> uh, the Hearts game also saw a debut of two new Celts, uh, Starfelt and Kyogo. Um, obviously, Kyogo didn't get very long. We'll touch on his. So appearance in a minute, but let's just go back to Starfield. He's obviously he's come in uh, on the Thursday. Um, he's had, by all accounts, he's had Friday to train, meet the guys, and he's been flung in to start uh, in his first ever game for Celtic uh, in an opening league fixture. Um, his performances for me wasn't a great debut. Um, there were certainly mistakes made, uh, but he also showed signs that he's a capable defender, uh, and he, he, he does have this awareness, and I think that that will come. Uh, he also had a, a great 
I think we, one of the things that we've missed as well was one of the defenders getting up for a ball. It was, you know, uh, sort of laterally end of the game, uh, a corner that we had. Ah, uh, it was one of Craig Gordon's saves. Yeah, one of Craig Gordon's saves. Um, so he's obviously keen to get up and he can header the ball and everything else. So I think that'll come. I think confidence will come as well. I think he was unfortunate to be thrust into the deep end. Uh, and he's, he's had that dreaded sort of debut legs uh, and he's made a few mistakes, which we've seen again. Henrik Larsson, we all know what happened mm. in his debut uh, and what the the result was off the back of that. But then he turned out to be absolutely world class. So um, just coming to yourself, Anthony, um, Starfield, what, what was your what was your thoughts on his performance overall? And do you think there is a defender in there? Is is there any cause for concern uh, with the mistakes he was making? Oh no, I think there's definitely a defender in there. Um, absolutely. Um, I think, like you say, Johnny, he's, he's arrived. You know, quite late on after he's um after he's quarantining etc., flung in at the deep end as it were in one of the most hostile. Although it was a reduced crowd, Tynecastle we've all been there uh, for away games. It's one of the most sort of volatile uh, grounds. The, the the fans are right on you. He's playing with a completely you know three new guys, and, and like I said earlier, one of them one of which isn't a centre-half. Um, he's, he's, he's defensive partner on the night. Uh, Beaton is not a centre-half. Uh, and like you say, he didn't have a great start. He got kind of turned and kind of quite easily sort of brushed aside almost for the goal. But I, th- I think after that, as we settled into the game, I think he sort of settled in with it. I think it's hard for defenders when they're making their debuts, especially away from home and if they have a bad... A sort of bad start. Funny enough, we're, we're talking about, you know, at the start when we're discussing poor starts to the season that we've had. Um, we've obviously discussed that this has been the first one since 97 when we played uh, Hibs. But the season before that was, well, I'm, I can't remember if we lost or we drew up at Pataudry. Um And it was Alan Stubbs' debut and at the time, £5 million centre-half coming up from, from Everton and he got sent off on his debut and we were starting to think of oh, what the hell have we got here <laughs> and I think I think over the years Stubbsy uh, more than paid that money back um, he's a great servant for the club um, Absolutely. so I, I think um, I think it was one of those days and like I said I don't actually think he necessarily had a bad game after it it was just a bad moment and it's just our luck at the minute that any any mistake we make seems to lead to the conceding of a goal um, as for um, little Kyogo, um, unfortunately there wasn't any sort of Scott Sinclair-esque miracle um, like there was a few years ago. But again, he came on, he did get brushed off the ball a couple of times, I felt, but he, he huffed and he puffed. And I think as he sort of creates more of an understanding uh, with his teammates, um, then then that'll all come good as well. He certainly, he's got the physique, that kind of little, he looks like he'll be able to drop the shoulder and sort of excite the crowd, especially at home. Um, maybe similar in the way as as, as Naka did uh, for all those years. So, yeah, uh, uh, not not the the kind of debut that they would have wanted, um, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm pretty confident things will uh, turn around for them both. Yeah, absolutely. And what about yourself, Francis? What what did you make of the debuts? Ah, uh, something. I like Starfield. Like I'm I'm reluctant to say failed to impress because like these guys have touched on, he was. He was literally just just out of the hotel of quarantine and on on the pitch really it was it was quite quick round. So I'm hoping that sort of a quick turnaround is the explanation for his his not so great start, I feel like, because like we've touched on he obviously was 
brushed aside, lost to 50-50, if you like, quite easy. I felt he misjudged the flight of the ball a couple of times. Just looked, just looked eager. I think you explained it well, John. It was just the, the debut kind of nerve sort of thing. I, I felt like that's what he was playing like. He was just trying too hard, if that makes sense. And it was just things weren't going his way. But I thought, obviously, like on the ball, he looked really good. He looks like he's got, he's not rapid, but he's far from slow. So I like you guys, I'm I'm not too concerned going forward. I'm just I'm going to give him and uh, Furuhashi the, the the benefit of the doubt of just the time they've had. I think you can't ignore the time they've had to actually integrate I mean, the didn't have any time. Didn't nah, he nah, he, he, was, he literally stepped off the plane. I think he was off the first train. I think he was off the first trainer plane up for London, wasn't he? <laughs> to get here. So uh, you can't you can't ignore the the little time that they've had with the team. And like you say, Kyogi's was was none really, so yeah, it was. I'm I'm going to going to cut them some slack and just hope that it was just simply the the lack of time is why they've they maybe struggled. Like I think uh, Furuhashi will take a wee bit longer because it's just without sounding patronising, it's it's where he's came from. That that league's maybe not as physical as our league. I, I yeah. kind of hate, hate using that term because. It's like we're actually just saying Scotland's all about sort of a kicking Russian and all that and just but folk but people will people will see his physique and try and try and kick him and see if they can sort of bill him out a game and see if he's really up for the fight. So he, he'll need to get used to that, but he looked like he had got some nice touches and like Anthony said, he's got that sort of low centre of gravity where you think he'll be able to just drop the shoulder, he's got the pace to get away. But yeah, it's it's hard to judge them just way. I think in the coming week, well, more so Starfield in the next coming weeks, we'll see see what he's obviously about. I think I think Kyle will, will take a wee bit longer, just simply because of where he's came from. Maybe not, I, I'll just see, but I'll, I'll allow him a wee bit longer to try and get into the swing of things, if yeah. you yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with what you both says uh, about Kyogo as well. Like, he only got, what, 15 or so minutes, if that. Yeah, um, and like you says, he was literally just stepped off the plane uh, right onto the park. So it's hard to, he's, he's not even had a chance to really meet his team or integrate with the guys. So it's difficult to sort of gauge and you can't hold that against him. Again, I don't know I don't know how good the guy's English is in that as well. We don't know if, if he even speaks a bit of English. So. Well, he done a press conference today uh, and he never spoke a word of English. So. Well, there you go, that'll not be easy for him either. <laughs> but aye, uh, again, it's, it's, it, these are all things that, that any new guy coming in for a foreign country have to overcome. Aye. Uh, and not just learning English, learning Scots dialect as well, Glaswegian, mm-hmm. uh, as well as everything else. So, aye, uh, these things will take time. I'm firmly aware of that. I'm pretty sure most people are as well. Well, some are. I've seen some actually horrific comments for for some folk um, on other platforms uh, regarding the, 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 the debuts. Um, but, I mean, those that know their football know their football, those that don't, don't. And, and that's mm-hmm. evident. Uh, but for Starfelt, obviously, do you think the what's the what's the what do do you think we still need to bring in another centre half, uh, or or do you think he can develop a partnership with to, with Welsh until Julian's back? I believe it could. It's, I would like to see us bring one in, just maybe even just alone, because obviously here is a, a courier or something. Other Japanese boys maybe getting talked of. So I would like maybe just. Alone to come in because I think going forward it's going to be Starfelt and Julian, but we obviously think the latest we've heard is September or some September time for Julian, but we just don't know how he's going to come back. So yeah. a loan deal might not be the worst, just so you don't sort of 
stint sort of for Welsh's development and guys like uh, Murray as well. So I, I still think we need one in there. I still think just a more experienced guy than Welsh, although Welsh has never really let us down. Yeah, I, I, that's why I was mentioning. That, do you think Welsh is maybe the guy to partner with him? Or do you think we really need somebody in? Because Welsh, by all accounts, has, has been relatively solid. I don't think, uh, as we touched on in previous episodes, I don't think he's the guy uh, to be the leading man um, uh. in the centre defence. Uh, but at this point, would you? I mean, would you see centre defence as a priority, Anthony? What's your stance on it? Um, like like Francis, I think obviously Julian and Starfelt are going to be the the, the two going forward, and Welsh is there. If if there's an opportunity to get someone else in, then absolutely, um, you would have to you have to sort of take that offer seriously. But in terms of absolute priority, um, there are other areas. I would say one yeah. position behind them, the goalkeeper is it's mm-hmm. not even a priority. It's an urgency. It's an emergency. It is a it is you know. I, I can't. There's no other words. I'm trying to think of words that, that, that to, to sum up <laughs> how badly we need a, a different goalkeeper between the sticks. Right back for me is an also an absolute mm. priority um, in this window, mm. um, if we can. And then, obviously, going forward up front as well. You know what's uh, the Brighton sort of interest in Edward seems to have went pretty quiet. So we we don't know how it's going to how that's going to unfold. But obviously. I think whether or not Edward stays or goes in this window, I think you do need more options up front as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, those would be my priorities. But if there's a chance, if, and I think Francis is absolutely spot on, a loan deal would probably be the best sort of avenue to explore for that if they were going to be bringing in somebody else at the back. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the other things that a lot of guys have been circulating today a lot, actually, uh, and it's, it's a comment I think we've made here as well, uh, and a lot of other fans are, are sort of the same, a similar mindset, and that is a sort of midfield general, a guy with a bit of dig, because I think what we've seen, uh, I don't think Calmack for, for all is the captain going forward, he, he's not the guy um, with that dig. Uh, we've said that we think Shaw might be able to, to fill in, uh, come in and fill that void, uh, but he's not really had a chance. Uh, Turnbull has looked kind of so-so for me, um, mm. I'm, I mean, I believe that, he, that he's a. T- we've seen how good he is. We know how good he is. We've seen how talented a player he was last year when he was one of the only shining uh, sort of bright lights uh, in an otherwise absolute blackout. But this this year, uh, so far, what I've seen him, and it might just be the style, he, the, the thing, we, but he, he, he's not found his legs yet and he seems to be struggling. But one of the names that we're getting linked to, um, again, as we say, <laughs> just about every single transfer window. Uh, is James McCarthy. Oh, um, I think we to say Paddy Roberts. I'm joking. <laughs> Listen, I would take <laughs> I was only joking. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, McCarthy's names came up again. Um, obviously, we're linked with him every year. Um, and we know that that's no one of Angie's guys. Um, so make of that what you will. But if it's somebody that he's aware of, he's had a look at, he knows about um, McCarthy, then do you reckon it's a possibility? Would you like to see him coming in? Do you think he's the guy to sort of shake uh, to sort of put his stamp on that midfield, uh, Franny? I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, cause I'm a bit like, excuse my friends, but we, we just need a bastard in there eh, in the middle of the park. We just need some that's not put a bit, but a wee boy, like you say, a bit a boy with a bit about him in that. Like, I hate to put it, but Ryan Jack would be the perfect player for us right now because he's great in the tackle, saw in the tackle, and he just does the simple. Jesus. Just, 
That right, name I, you came up with, Franny. I would take him. I think he's a brilliant. <laughs> I think he's, he does his job perfectly. It's the type of player we missing. Solo just doesn't seem to be that guy. Doesn't seem to be that guy. He's too eager. But I don't like James McCarthy. What would worry about me with James McCarthy is I believe he's been a free agent for a season. So why why is that? Or is it just um, I could be wrong with that, but I don't know if he's actually if it's just this summer or was it last summer his contract ran out. So my understanding that, is he's, it's just ran out. Right, right. Well, but I, I might be a wrong, wee bit different. Sure. It's a wee bit, different. Might be a wee bit different, but I, it's just one of the names that just never seem to, never seem to go away. That are always linked with them. I mean, Brendan Rogers by accounts tried to get him in. I don't know what happened there. Why it never happened? But I've read stories that he was willing to come, but for some reason it never happened. So I don't know why. But I don't, I don't think it, he's a player I would take just more an experience. But I wouldn't. Prioritise bringing him in if that makes it. I don't think, I don't think he is a tall laddie and stuff, but I don't think he's that guy that's got that dig. But I mean, he would definitely bring experience. He probably, he maybe could just be that sitter guy because that is a, he does play the central sort of a defensive midfield role. So I wouldn't be adverse to it, but just kind of going back and something like Tony said, I would be prioritising other positions before I go and try and waste probably a good part of the, the wages on a James McCarthy. Yeah, and what about yourself, Anthony? Where did you stand on McCarthy? Uh, well, it's, I, I don't know what's more frequent. Uh, the James McCarthy rumours, I think it's just this generation's Craig Bellamy, isn't it? it was, <laughs> every year we were getting Bellamy back on. on, on Robbie, Robbie Keane, that was uh, the one kind of uh, subsequently after that. Uh, I finally made some you know, perfect points about you know other areas perhaps needing strength in first. And I do agree, I don't think he is that kind of Know that sort of snadler uh, in the the middle of the park that we need. The one thing you could say against that, I suppose, is this time last year we said that all we needed the missing piece was an absolute bastard at the back as well, <laughs> and we went out and got Shane Duffy, uh, you know, the Republic Ireland captain, and that was meant to, you know, he was meant to be that bit of the jigsaw, and it didn't quite work out. So maybe uh, Ange Postecoglou is looking at, you know, different just a different style of playing. But the way, I would probably argue that the way that we all look at the game, we're all probably quite in agreement that it is the type of player we need in the middle. Um, whether McCarthy proves to be that type of player, I would remain to be convinced. But I certainly put it this way, I think he would definitely be enthusiastic if he came up here mm-hmm. because, as we all know, he, if you cut him, he'd bleed green. He's absolutely Celtic through and through. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that Celtic-minded is the way forward in fact in a lot of occasions it can prove to have the opposite effect but maybe just have someone there that uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah well yeah perfect <laughs> example yeah very recent one but it, it, it could it, suppose it could go either way but yeah I, I think um if we, if we can pull it off great it, it would be a bit of a, a coup as it were you know he's got massive amounts of experience in the english premier league but um yeah time will tell yeah, I, 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 myself, I firmly agree with both you guys. I think that uh, it could be the guy, but again, it's a name I've been linked with for every year for as long as I can even remember. I can, I'm, I'm like, how many years you need to go back before he was then linked? Um, is the bigger question. But again, uh, it's probably just mere transfer talk. Uh, but we obviously want to touch on it and see where where the thoughts are because again, there is a, there is a, a, a particular void there that uh, has been left since. Uh, Scott Brown's moved uh, and we don't have that in the centre of the park anymore so 
Uh, I think that any any time you're linked to a guy who could potentially come in and take that mantle up uh, is something worth talking about. Uh, one, one of the, the there's only a couple of other things we really need to discuss. Um, I want to touch quickly on Anthony. I'll come to you first here. Um, Ange, by all accounts, and and his uh, post-match press conferences has been a breath of fresh air. Uh, he's not letting the Scottish media get under his skin, despite the fact they're repeating questions at him. Uh, he's coming right back at them. He's 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 just telling them exactly how it is. He's not taking any of the shit. Uh, and he's also been brutally honest with the Celtic fans, and uh, that uh, he knows where his um, sort of where where the buck sort of stops with him. And uh, he's he's holding the, the board to account as well. He's letting the fans know, look, but I'm I'm telling them. Um, what, what this most recent game, obviously, his opening league game, uh, and it's a loss. His uh, post match, uh, he, he didn't look particularly pleased. Uh, but I mean, why would he? Um, but what, what's your thoughts on the comments they made again, and, and obviously the way he's handling the Scottish media at the minute because they do, and they are trying. It, it seems already got under his skin. Well, I think when he, his name was first linked with the job. And it became quite, we realised quite quickly that there had been, whether or not there had been any sort of personal relationship, but that there had been, you know, that Dominic Mackay was aware of him from his time in Japan. Um, I think what we all feared at the time was that it was going to be a bit of a, just a, another yes man for this new administration coming in and he wouldn't rock the boat, uh, he wouldn't speak out of line. I think on that front, all our fears have been, you know, we've, that have been put to bed quite quickly. You know, we, yeah, we've really. seen from day one that he's he's not going to toe the line just to cover somebody else's uh, back. Um, I don't want to, you know, do the you know the sort of the stereotype, but the Aussies, or I know he's Greek, but he's you know he's obviously got right. a very he's, a, 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 a big Australian background, but they're, they're not known for their diplomacy. Um, they're straight talking uh, <laughs> a spade has a spade with them uh, a spade's no a sharp implemented piece of gardening equipment a spade, <laughs> a spade. Uh, and I've I've definitely enjoyed that and I I, I liked what he, his response on Saturday night when you know he, he got asked the, the same question about frustration four times or five times and Brilliant. when the when the reporter says oh you're you're sort of using the same answers all the time he says well you're asking me the same question I, I like that that's the way I would I would deal with the media because, as we all know, the lion's share of them do not want them to succeed. Um, it's as simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, steady on, John. Nah. I know you know. But you know, you know what I mean. But um, but uh, what I did like about him as well was the fact that obviously when the reporter, <laughs> in his defence, did try and cut him some slack a bit about the fact that. You know, you're still new, and you're needing, you know, maybe time for the players to gel in and stuff. His, his response to that was, he looks, says, we, we don't have time for time. You know, he says we, we need to get start winning games. It's as simple as that. So, um, I think he's a smart enough character to know that as supporters, we'll back him and we appreciate the circumstances that he's brought in. But he also knows that football's a results-driven business. Um, like he said on the Friday presser, you know, he's not for outer space. He, he knows how the game works. He's coached at the highest level. Um, I just hope in, in the next couple... I hope that there's maybe just a steady end of the ship in the next couple of weeks and we can start putting a few results together and that can build the confidence, take some of the heat off of him and if we can get some, some reinforcements in, 
we can sort of take it from there. We can take stock sort of once the, the window's shut, but we, yeah. we can ill afford to lose any more ground even at this early point in the season. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I, 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 th- I, would, I would perfectly, I, I mean, I think we'd all agree with that. I mean, like I said, he comes across as very composed uh, and he knows what what he wants to say. Uh, he's not taking any of the shite for the media, uh, like you mentioned there, that he, he's perfect, that the retort was perfect. His response is that like you keep uh, keep saying the same things to you keep asking the same questions, like what you want him to say, uh, and that and you're right, he's he's it's very black and white. There's no sort of roundabout it. There's no like you mean your your analogy. This the spade is a spade, and <sighs> no sharp gardening implement <laughs> um, was perfect. But uh, like you say, he also is holding. Uh, he's no beating around the bush when it comes to the board and the whole issue with the signings and getting guys in. But he's also taking responsibility, uh, which I think is paramount as well. Um, and and he's, he he seems firmly like he, he desperately wants to get Celtic into sort of winning ways. Uh, and I, I I'm I'm firmly as soon as that as soon as that starts to happen, that'll be confidence. The guys will they still need time to gel. They're still we're still in a transitional period. But I think that we said on on the last episode as well. Once that happens, once this clicks, and we've got the guys in place, we're a little bit settled at the back. Uh, we're playing football the way he wants it to be played. I don't think these teams are going to be able to cope. Uh, we, I mean, we've seen it there. It's still very early doors, but we still had 70% of possession for a majority of that game. It was just sort of breaking down 11 men behind the ball. And that's going to be the story of this season. It's it's how well we do that going forward. But I think we're actually going to we're going to take scores. Uh, it goes after these teams going forward. Franny, just quickly comment yourself about the whole Ange thing and the, his sort of recent... Um, post-game pressers and, and, and the one after the Hearts game as well, where he sort of he looked a bit disjointed, but uh, again he was he was honest. What, what, what's your thoughts? Ah, it's just, once again keep getting impressed by the guy and stuff. Like he, he obviously gave a couple of wee cliche statements at the weekend, but it was he still no willing to dig out players. He he didn't what I thought was quite good. He never picked up on the referees because to go back to Gerrard's first game, he was he was saying the referees had been against Rangers for years and it was like it's your first game mate how do you know this so it was like he had, he had a perfect opportunity to dig out referees because we had two arguably three decisions because the, the free kick what led to the goal I don't actually think it was a free kick but so he had he had perfect perfect ammo to have a go at the, the officiating but I believe he's smart enough obviously he's not wanting to use that as excuse he's not wanting that to be, he's not wanting that stick to be beaten away he's saying oh he was blaming the officials because we all know the media would have probably jumped in it and I thought, like, I had a wee, I actually made a wee note of that comment that Anthony mentioned as well. But I think, like, any big club, the media do want a manager to give them the wee lines. They want them to fail, if you like. Like, all the results are the media are dead. Like, I'm not a big Man United fan, but the media, and myself included, are a wee bit like, they didn't want all the results to fail because they feel he's been given an opportunity he doesn't deserve. And I think some of the media in Scotland are like that with Postacoglu. They don't feel he deserves it, a lot of that. I'll be down to ignorance and stuff, and I think he's picked up in that. And I think they're getting annoyed that he is quite witty and it's quite dry. He's quite quick with his answers, and I think they're picking up in that. And I think that is even more desperate for them to feel. And like I think it goes back to his first comment where I don't know who the reporter was, but we mentioned about the about his experience and things like that. And he obviously said, "Well, that's your opinion and whatnot." I, I mean, I've managed at World Cups, etc. So. I think the media have, I don't want to sound like, like, I think some media outlets are already going, 
are a wee bit annoyed with him and a wee bit irked with him at the fact that he seems to have their number. No, I mean, I, I absolutely, and it's evident, uh, and it, it's not going to end. Um, but as long as he keeps just doing what he's doing, um, then I'm pretty sure he'll keep him in check, and we, we won't need to be dealing with the same shape we've dealt with with previous mm-hmm. managers who have actually buckled to them uh, and have caved when under question and stuff like that, or have gave them ammo and gave them headlines. Um, but moving on, uh, and this is uh, the last thing we need to sort of discuss tonight, boys. So. Um, is obviously we've got a game Europa League qualifier uh, against I don't even know how Jablonek Hi Jablonek I'll just sound it out Jablonek <laughs> uh, so I mean we've got that tie coming up on Thursday um, for those that aren't already aware uh, we record our episodes on a Monday night and a Thursday night and they go out the following the following day at lunchtime, so Tuesday lunchtime, Friday lunchtime. So this will be one of the first times we'll actually be able to cover a game immediately after it's finished. Granted, it won't be heard until uh, the, the following day at lunchtime, but at least the, the sort of reaction to it will be fresh. Um, now, I know nothing about this team. Um, this is the first time I've even heard their name. Um, and again, it, it's, another, it's a European tie. Uh, if we get through this, uh, we've got a playoff tie against Alkmaar, um, which is a far tougher test. Uh, Alkmaar have got European pedigree themselves. Uh, there's certainly no slouches. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be tough. We need to start getting things, kicking things into gear. But look, just focusing on the game coming up on Thursday, um, Anthony, we'll start with you. Um, based, and this is just based solely on what you've seen against Mitchell and against Hearts, um, we know going into these games against unknowns c- can be dangerous, and y- y- you're you're liable you're, or not liable, but you you can underestimate teams like this at this stage. As we've seen Rogers David Redams, and 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 stuff like that. What what do you think? Where, where do you think we stand going into Thursday? Uh, do you think it's a a team and a game that we should be winning comfortably, or do you think we need to be wary? Like yourself, John, I, I swear to just make these teams up now. In, in these early rounds, I mean, you just look at some of these team names and you're going, nah, you're are, you are having me on here. Like, um, but yeah, don't be wrong, I get, I think it again, it was individual errors, um, in both Michelin games, to be honest, uh, that cost us and and again against Hearts on Saturday. Um, it's never great. I don't, I've, I'm not a fan of the um, the home leg being the second leg because as we've seen year after year with Celtic in Europe a, a tie can get away for you pretty quickly um, and we don't even have the Brucey bonus that if we do get up the park and score that you know we've got the, the bonus yeah, away goal or anything yeah. now that, that, this could be one of the ties where the, the scrap of the rule actually works against you um, listen it, it's one of those ones though that still you, you still have to say on paper we should be winning a Europa League qualification tie Um but but time will tell. It's one of those gets an awkward time in the afternoon, isn't it? I think I'll still be at work when the game's on. Um, but you, you know, we just hope nothing daft, and then we can take care of business the following week at Celtic Park. Um, and just like you say, Alkmaar will be a completely different tie. But I would like to think by then as well that we would be a little bit further down in terms of our own development. Um, yeah. We have a few more reinforcements as well. I um, they're right back. Oh, here's hoping. Oh, no, it's that. It's that I've got the teams mic'd up there. Uh, I, I just hope. Um, I just hope that we 
we, failure to qualify for the Europa League would be pretty catastrophic, not even just financially, but just in terms of reputation. Uh, well, I think if we get past this Jabonek team, we go to the conference. Then I want in that, mate. If, 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 if no, a competition <laughs> up just for. <laughs> if you think the teams in this league, the Europa League, are made up, mate, wait till you get to that one. It's still European confidence. I'm trying to be positive, fine. <laughs> um, but no, you're you're absolutely right, uh, Donny. But so just coming in, uh, the lineup. What 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 would you who do you predict is going to start? Ah, oh, so I don't know that Google search for, on Jabalek for nothing. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm always talking, mate. All I'm I've got is the all I've got is the finished ninth and came third the previous year. That's that's as much as I know about them. So we can move on. <laughs> we can move on. Well, we'll get to because I want I want your predicted lineup. So. I've got a bit of a lineup, but Anthony, do you want to start off? Which, where, 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 where do you think? How do you think we're lining up against Jabalnik? Uh, I think, well, I think Bain is, unless some drastically, I don't. I think even the deadline's passed, isn't it? So it's going to be one of the two, uh, and the fact that he dropped Barkas um, for the return leg against Mitchell and, and Bain started on Saturday suggests that it will be Bain and goals, so we can, you know, just. Get the rosary beads out, boys. Um, I'd, I'd, the back four, I would imagine, would be Taylor, and centre half would be uh, Starfield. And I, th- I think he would. I think he'll bring Welsh back in. Uh, to be honest, Ralsons are only available right back, so I think that back four's pretty much set in stone. Um, I think he'll bring Christie back in. To be honest, so I think you'll have um, Christie and Forrest uh, this time, and then McGregor. And Turnbull and Sorrow, and then Edward up front. He may, he may well introduce uh, Kyogo, but I can't see it um, for the first leg anyway. I think maybe that will happen in the second leg or against Dundee next week. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be much of a muchness, and just fingers crossed we'll get a, a more positive result. You want to, you want to fire, you got a predicted result? You want to give us a... uh, I'm going to, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to contradict myself, even though those Scott Baines and goals. I'm going to say 3 0 Celtic. Clean sheet, yes, I like it. A clean sheet. Let's, have, let's try, we'll go try and do some positive energy. That's what we need. That's what we need. Franny, what about yourself? You can talk I, about Listen, I know you've already nah, mentioned that you know nothing about Jabberneck, but if you fancy repeating I'll yourself, just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. So, uh, what's, what's your lineup then? I, I, th- I think it'll, it'll be there. I agree with a lot of what Tony's lineup is. The only difference that I would have is. Reluctantly, I think he'll stick with Beaton at centre half. I think, I think Saturday, Saturday was telling. I know Beaton maybe didn't play it, but I think the fact that he came back in has said something for me that I think he's got to go with Beaton. The now worryingly, and I, I agree also that Crystal. I think Crystal coming in for his move over the right. So I, I'd have the exact same team as Anthony, or well, that's what I think will be the exact same team as. Is Anthony only? I think Welsh. Eh, Beaton will play instead of Welsh. I, I don't see Barkas coming in because he wasn't even on the bench in the last two games. So I just, I don't. I think until we, I'm hoping we're going for another goalkeeper. I think, I think I've just seen my stop coming. I think I've just jumped off the train there. But eh, I think <laughs> we're, we must. I, I believe we must be going for another goalkeeper. We have to be, man. I think be. So Ben I, Foster's I, another one we've been linked with. Uh, no, I would take him before Joe Hart, but that's that's for a different day. That conversation we're on the line. Um, but I, I I would go with the same lineup as Anthony apart from I would be swapping. I will. I think he'll swap Wells for for Beaton, and I'm I will say a two 0 Celtic. Two 0 Celtic. Another clean sheet. I love it. I love it. 
Uh, sorry, because uh, it's about this team. <laughs> come uh, for myself, yeah, it's hard to sort of predict uh-huh. anything. I mean, A, we're playing the way we are, and you don't know the teams we're playing against. Um, for me, a lineup would be pretty much the exact same as yours, Anthony, but although um, it wouldn't surprise me uh, if he starts uh, Kyogo, um, because he obviously he'll have another few days to train. Um, and like if he offers that threat, then definitely I think at least he'll be coming off the bench. So I, I think that it's pretty much going to be the exact same. Uh, and I'll, I'll say three nothing as well. Good luck. All right. So we can only hope. You're <laughs> <laughs> hoping. You're hoping. Because I can't get a clean sheet today. The world will be good. I know. Still win. All right. So anything else you want to add? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I just uh, glad, just really enjoyed being back on, mate. Um, and yeah, here's here's home for a good result on Thursday. Ah, uh, definitely. What about yourself, Franny? Ah, it's just it's good to have Anthony back. And folk can maybe get more views off because folk will not be sick listening to me now. <laughs> <laughs> You're the main man, Franco. <laughs> uh, and then obviously, um, We've got another, as I said, we've got the game coming up Thursday. We'll record Thursday's episode to go Friday. Uh, Stephen, uh, hopefully, be back with him. Fingers crossed. Stephen, if you're listening, hope everything's all right, mate. Um, bye. I think that's it to wrap it up, boys. Thanks again, Anthony, Franny, for joining us, uh, giving your thoughts. Uh, I know, again, uh, one of these days it's going to be off the back of a win. And get there, we'll, we'll get we'll there. Be, we will. It's happening. It's definitely happening. I know it's happening. Um, Hopefully sooner rather than later, though. Um, <laughs> so let's start with Thursday. Uh, and I um, will be back. Well, this episode, if you're listening, uh, will be live on the, the, the Tuesday at lunchtime. Uh, so we'll be back Friday for everybody listening uh, at lunchtime. Uh, and again, as we keep touching on, we're moving towards, uh, for YouTube anyway, uh, going live. Uh, not live, but like video. So you'll actually be able to put faces to the names. Um, so that's something we're excited about and that, that, that'll be happening very soon uh, as well as a whole new graphic overhaul for the new season um, so you may notice some changes in that respect as well but uh, thanks to everybody for again for tuning in uh, as always uh, if you're listening on YouTube like, subscribe, hit the wee bell so you get notified every time an episode goes live uh, chat to us in the comments we love sort of chatting to you if you've got any feedback you want to comment on the stuff we've talked about today as well get involved in that conversation then fire in um you can catch us on all the socials as well uh so make sure you give us a follow uh but again boys lastly thank you again donny franny for joining me uh and until next time yeah thank you appreciate it uh until next time stay safe and i've done it again (laughs) 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 stay well medical tomorrow has he is this i saw the daily mail reporting that Right. I was going to, I'd say you heard it here first, but it'll be the morrow before you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember that you did call this at nine forty-three <laughs> on Monday night. <laughs> uh, breaking news, guys. No, but uh, thank you uh, again, uh, and I'm going to try this, Stephen. <laughs> Gives a break as well. I'm going to try it. Until next time, stay well, keep safe. Hail, hail.